Hey guys, my name is Andrew Miller and welcome in to episode four of the Orange and Black podcast. And this episode will break down Campbell Baseball's Big South Tournament title, review the host for the NCAA tournament, and preview the Columbia Regional. All that and more on this edition of the Orange and Black podcast. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and fight through the struggle. All right, everyone, before we get started, be sure to subscribe to Orange and Black to get news updates, stories, and behind-the-scenes intel surrounding Campbell Athletics. You can sign up for free or log into a paid subscription to get exclusive access to Orange and Black Discord chat, where we discuss Campbell Athletics every day and share behind-the-scenes info. Dylan, happiness and frustration surround the, the weekend for the Camels after they won a Big South title, and then... We're snubbed, what it seems, by the NCAA for a host spot. But how are you feeling after the weekend and going into regional play? Uh, I mean, it's kind of like you said, it's uh, happiness and frustration. Uh, frustration that we we got snubbed, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably share our gripes uh, here later on. But uh, happiness that uh, we're uh, we're not that far away. Um, to travel down to uh, Columbia, South Carolina, to take on the the gang co- uh, Gamecocks, uh, and the Wolfpack, and uh, Central Connecticut State. So, uh, we'll we'll talk about that later on. Yeah, as we jump into episode four, as we're going to start doing on every podcast, Dylan, who is your all-time number four in Campbell athletics history? Uh, we're gonna throw it back. Um, I actually met this guy a couple times. Uh, I think he was the face of uh, kind of the era before this uh, football when we uh, when football was just getting back onto the scene. But uh, Aaron Blockman, uh, shout out Aaron Blockman, uh, super nice guy uh, from Sanford, North Carolina, right outside of uh, good old Bowie's Creek. Uh, again, super nice guy. Um, just some stats to throw out there. Uh, it was a four-time all-conference pick uh, for the two leagues, the Pioneer League, and then the once we joined the Big South. Uh, he owns the Campbell record for uh, receiving yards with 2,647, uh, catches with 147, and 23 receiving touchdowns. Uh, and I mean, he was just that all-purpose guy that uh, – that uh Campbell would go to uh he had 2925 all-purpose yards which is second in uh in Campbell history but behind Deshaun Jones um posted 152 points which ranks third all-time in Campbell history um and one of two Campbells to have two kick return touchdowns uh so, and he averaged 43.7 yards of kick return on Six, six attempts and then ranks uh, ninth with 259 kick return yards. So, I mean, just an all around great, great guy and, and kind of the era before we went to, uh, to, into all scholarship. Uh, just that guy that we rely on that uh, uh, rewrote the record books in, in Campbell history. 
Yeah, Dylan, we didn't uh, give out our names before we started, but he was he was on my sheet of ones that I was going to choose. But in our time, I figured he was there the same time we were at Campbell. So I picked another one just so I would be safe. Um, and since we're going to be talking about baseball, I'm going to stick with Christian Jones, who was number four for the Campbell baseball team. He was an outfielder. And he was on that 2018 team who went to the Georgia Regional, uh, where Campbell, uh, dropped two games there. But you talk about kind of the turnaround for this Campbell baseball program. You know, Coach Hare took over and then it took a couple of years for him to kind of establish his, his culture. And, you know, he talked about how he first got there as the head coach and he was, trying to kind of mold himself after the previous coach, Greg Goff. And it took a couple of years for him to kind of adapt and kind of change the culture. And we've talked to, we've heard from some players in the past that were there during that transition. And they said there was really a shift. And Christian Jones was really uh, in that perfect time frame, wherever you see that kind of shift and, I mean, he was in, he was on that team that where Campbell went to their first regional, I believe, uh, under head coach Justin Hare and just kind of a, a staple, um, for the Camels there. And, and ever since then, you know, since 2018, you have the five straight Big South regular season titles, uh, four Big South titles out of the last five in the tournament and really just kind of a part of that culture where it completely changed. And you've seen this dynamic. Um, change and a lot of success from the Campbell program. And even, uh, CJ, I'm, I was friends with him when I was in college and you can still hear him some, uh, on the Campbell broadcast at some home games. So just a great guy and, uh, really kind of set the foundation for the success that we've seen over the past five seasons. The success that has led to Campbell now being on the fringe of being a host, which we'll get into, but as Coach Hare just tweeted out just a little bit ago, still a lot of uh, positive positive outlooks um, to take a glance at. And as Campbell now has their first ever two seed in history, we've seen them uh, as a three seed uh, multiple times now and a lot of success in the postseason. With the Camels knocking at the door, hopefully this year they can break through to a super regional. And we'll dive into that as we jump in to our coverage on this episode. So as we get going, Campbell Baseball wins the Big South Conference Tournament. That is back-to-back titles. And four that is four of the last five uh, Big South Tournament titles. And like I mentioned, five straight regular season titles, which all started uh, with my number four that I picked in Christian Jones. So Campbell closes out its stint in the Big South regular season and Big South Tournament with a 44-13 and overall record. 22 and five in the Big South and sweeping the Big South regular season and tournament titles. We'll break down the weekend a little bit later in the podcast, but Dylan, let's talk about the NCAA field. Campbell heading into selection Monday uh, was slated as a host by D1 baseball. The host came out last night on Sunday. Everyone seemed seemed to favor the Camels as a possible host site, but it seemed like a couple SEC schools, we can't really nail down which one it was, but got the bump over Campbell uh, heading into the regionals as a host. Dylan, what are your thoughts on Campbell 
And should they have been a host? Did they get snubbed? Or did one of these three SEC schools just, are they better than them and had better metrics? Yeah, I mean, you can, I guess we, I think we got caught up on the uh, the RPI talk. Um, I, I think our, our gripe was, I, I was kind of, I, I was initially shocked whenever I saw Bama on that list. Uh, Bama, I mean, had a had a decent season. Um, after that uh, whole controversy, uh, they went on a little hot streak, um, and then got uh, subbed out of the uh, SEC uh, tournament. Uh, so I was a little bit surprised, but uh, kind of looking into it, completely understand why uh, why they're in in this field as a host. Um, but I think our, our gripe was with Auburn. Uh, if you look. That well, Auburn and, and Indiana State, um, but kind of first with Auburn. Uh, Auburn had the lower RPI than Campbell, um, and they did not go as far as they should have uh, in the SEC tournament. Um, so I think our, our gripe was there, um, and then our our gripe kind of turned into uh, Indiana State. Um, Indiana State, no offense, uh, they are a good program. Had a a, a good year. Uh, but if you if you look, uh, their RPI is really good. Um, I think they ranked in somewhere in the top ten in the RPI. Um, but they went, I think, believe two and nine against uh, the Q one uh, or RPI top fifty teams. Uh, that is not good at all. Um, I mean, and <laughs> I mean, you, when you get into these regionals, you're going to be playing multiple great teams. I mean. If you look at Kentucky, they have West Virginia, Indiana um, in their regional. So you're going to be playing good teams. And, I mean, looking at their regional, they have Wright State uh, as their first game, and then they have Iowa and North Carolina. Um, we see North Carolina uh, play Campbell. Um, great that Campbell beat North Carolina. Uh, but they're a decent team. Uh, Iowa decent team uh, made it pretty far into the uh, Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten sneakily good this year. Um, if you if you look at it with Iowa, Maryland, Indiana um, making the making the field. So I mean, Big Ten's always good. So uh, I mean, Indiana State might be in trouble. I mean, they had a good record, forty two and fifteen. Um, but I. I I believe it doesn't cut out. Um, I think Campbell should have got in there, but uh, not to go into any, any conspiracy theories, but uh, Indiana State's AD was on the committee. You could take with that as you wish. Um, but um, they would have been a great number two seed, um, but they made it as a host. Um, good for them uh, that they're going to be hosting. I think they have a very hard regional um, if they get out of it. Uh, all respect to them. I think that will shut up the uh, the naysayers if they get out of their own regional. Uh, if they don't, I think it will raise more questions in terms of um, what should have been. Um, but I think it's okay. I mean, we're going to Columbia. Um, we're a very high number two seed. Uh, I think uh, South Carolina was the 13 uh, overall seed, I believe. 15. 15. Okay. So, I mean, that makes us the second best number two seed, which is not bad at all. I think it was a dead heat between Dallas Baptist, us, and there was a bunch of teams inside that 16 to 18 uh, 
ranking, if you want to call it. So uh, we're going to be going out of Columbia, um, playing NC State finally. Um, I think we should have played them uh, this year, but nevertheless, we're going to be playing them in a regional. Um, and then we'll play, hopefully we'll play South Carolina. Um, and they also have uh, Central Connecticut State, who won their uh, won their conference this year. They're a sneaky good team. Um, I think it was projected kind of all along. It would be Austin Central Connecticut in a regional, um, and it came true. So, I, I mean, it's going to be a good regional. Uh, I think we did get snubbed, but uh, I think nevertheless – we'll take what we get. And I, I like you, like Ho- coach Harris says, you have to go out there and play. Um, we got to go out there and do the business. Um, and I mean, we could be mad all they want, but uh, like, like they had on the, on the regional show, nobody's. So the, they're going to keep on going with that mantra. Yeah. It, it's kind of tough to pinpoint who, was exactly in over Campbell as that host spot. Uh, I was listening to D1 Baseball podcast earlier as they recapped the field, and they were just uh, reiterated that when you're in the position that the committee is in and you see a mid-major who has an RPI of nine, if you keep them out as a host, you are putting on a billboard to all the mid-majors that even if you do all these things and you get an RPI of nine and you flex your schedule to work your way to an RPI of nine, that you're not going to be rewarded. And looking at that, that makes sense. So, you know, you see the committee having to kind of tug and pull there and see like, well, we kind of have to put them in because we have to prove a point to other uh, mid-majors that, hey, you can follow this game plan and get your way in as long as you keep your RPI that high. Speaking of RPI, the committee seemed to say RPI is the end-all be-all, and then you look at the teams that may, that are a host, and you had what now is 15 of, or sorry, 14 of 16 teams in the top 16 RPI uh, make it um, at the time when Oklahoma State was still playing, whenever they released the host sites, it was 15 out of 16, with Campbell being the lone top 16 team that did not get a host. I go back to this. You see that Oklahoma State was the 11 overall seed, so they might have not been really on that bubble um, that we're talking about. But, you know, Campbell was the only, at the time, the only team that was in the top 16 RPI that did not make it. And as much as the committee and everyone says, like, if you have a, if you have a person who is representing your school on the committee, in this case, it was Indiana State and the chair of the committee, which was the AD of Auburn, they're supposedly supposed to step out of the room whenever they're talking about their said team. Yet, if you think about it, if you're sitting in a room, and someone says, hey, I'll leave for five minutes. Y'all can say whatever you want about me, and then that person comes back in. It's going to be awkward if at the end it's like, hey, you're not in. So there's obviously some pull there, and you saw that with Auburn, who had a 19 RPI, and they were able to get in uh, with Campbell finishing out at that 13 RPI spot. Uh, looking back, though, you know, I, we try to have a 
a non-biased look at things. I was looking at it this morning and you know, if you really look at Campbell, some of the things that may have hurt them is being in the big South, they played 30 quad four games. Uh, going into the weekend, there was probably three or four. Well, I would say two to three teams that were in that quad three range. Uh, one of them being Gardner Webb. And, you know, they lost in the tournament. So that dropped them down to a quad four. So then that basically takes all of your quad, what all of your games and in the big South play outside of upstate, I believe. And that makes it a quad four game. And that doesn't really help your metrics there. Also, you lose those three quad four games. You lost to Longwood, PC, and you lost to Gardner Webb one time. And that really hurts you there whenever they look at it. And it's like, oh, you lost to, you know, three quad four teams. But, you know, when you're going through the gauntlet of the season, you know, you're going to drop some games here and there. And then finally, I don't think this was a major metric. And the NCAA selection committee is not necessarily supposed to look at this because by their terms, they're supposed to put the best 16 teams, the most deserving teams in those host spots. But when you look at it, if you have two teams that are side by side and you have one team that's planning on hosting on their college campus and you have one team that's not, which is what Campbell ended up doing by putting in the bid to be in Fayetteville, that might be the different the difference there for the camel. So obviously they put that host in um, to be uh, in Fayetteville if they were to get the host, and it ended up that Campbell did not get a host. But touching on those points that I just made, Campbell with the 30 quad four games being in the Big South, that hurt them, but Campbell's fixing that. Next year, Campbell being the Colonial Athletic Association, you saw the CAA got two teams in this year with Northeastern and UNCW, which is something that I would have to check it, but I don't know if this happened in the Big South. We talked about last episode how Campbell had that 49-1 season, and they lost in the Big South Championship game to Coastal that year, and then they still got snubbed from the NCAA tournament. So very unlikely that a big the Big South is going to put two teams in to the NCAA tournament. And then you move down to that other thing we talked about, about Campbell not being able to host at their own facility at Jim Perry Stadium. And plans are in the works for some stadium expansion, but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that has to be done before that is put into play. But for all the Campbell fans out there, I would be very optimistic about that moving forward. So if Justin Hare can keep his program trending in the right direction, you know, maybe this time next year, if we're in the conversation again, you take that, that out of the conversation. But overall, Campbell is a two seed. They're heading to the Columbia Regional. That is headlined by the 15 overall seed, South Carolina, who was one of those teams that possibly got in over the Camels. Uh, also in that regional was the number three seed, NC State, and number four, Central Connecticut State. Campbell will take on NC State on Friday at 1 p.m. That game will be streamed and on your TVs on the ACC network. So some good national coverage. One good thing about all these regionals is Campbell, sorry, all these regionals is ESPN takes over the production for these. So they bring in announcers, um, which is good and bad. You know, you sometimes you get some guys who have no idea you know, they've only done one week of research whenever, hey, maybe Chris Haymeyer or somebody would be better on the call. 
but it's cool. You get a quality production and then, um, you know, you're able to see some great baseball. Uh, Dylan, your thoughts on the Columbia Regional? You know, you have South Carolina, Campbell, NC State, and Central Connecticut. Yeah, I just want to um, kind of put a nail on the the last point. Um, looking at Indiana State's kind of resume, um, I mean, losses to Iowa, uh, losses to Miami, got swept by Northeastern, got swept by Kentucky, um, kind of swept by Michigan State, lost to Indiana. So um, take with that as, as you do uh, with the Sycamores. Um, but with this regional, uh, it's going to be a very fun regional. Um, we kind of look at look at NC State. Um, they've had probably not the season that they've wanted um, for the Wolfpack. Uh, they've been kind of all over the place. Uh, Peyton Green, uh, he's been out for, for two weeks. Uh, I think he... Um, at last check should be ready to go. Um, and that's kind of up in the air. Their bullpen has been suspect for lack of better terms. Um, and they don't, they don't really have that guy, um, like they've, they've had, uh, in the past years. And, um, like we said with Campbell, uh, the mental errors and mistakes have kind of, have cost the Wolfpack, uh, this season. Um, so, I mean, they, they haven't had the, the year that they've really wanted. Uh, just take a look at the schedule. Uh, early on, they did have a 16 to four win against coastal Carolina. Um, they went down to Miami, uh, early on, um, Miami took two out of three, um, Virginia did the exact same thing, uh, split a, well, uh, Boston College took two out of three against them. They took two out of three against the number 11, Louisville. That was a really good team at that time. Uh, but then they lost against uh, ECU, uh, which the Campbells uh, season swept. We'll never get over that. Um, and then they lost two straight against Wake Forest. Um, swept Florida State. Florida State, a really bad team. And then they got swept against Cle- uh, Clemson. And so they kind of been all over the place uh, this year. 35-19, they were 13-16 and 16 in their conference. So it's uh, not a good season um, for the Wolfpack, but it's a very hard ACC um, this year with Clemson being really good. Um, they only had two games in the ACC tournament, um, winning against Duke in 11 um, and then losing to Miami. Um, they're 7-11 on the road um, this year to one in neutral, uh, but they had a really good home record, 26-7, and kind of carried that uh, carried that record. Um, so I, I don't know what to expect out of this uh, Wolfpack team. Um, it, it's, it's really up in the air um, in terms of what – Wolfpack team we're going to see are we going to see the one that kind of beat Duke or is it the one we're going to see Miami and the road team that's kind of struggled this year so um, that's going to be a good game uh, I, with yeah, probably uh, most likely Cade's going to be on the mound um, for the Camels so I think he'll go in shut it down 
um, and hopefully we'll face a good South Carolina team. Uh, South Carolina has kind of been in that same boat. Uh, they got on a really, really big hot streak. Uh, I think they took two out of three, or they swept um, Florida, but they, they had a an up and down season. I think it was more like in the meat of their schedule. Uh, was really, really good. 39-19 this year, 16-13 and in the SEC, um, which is not good. But I think if you look in terms of what they did this season, it was very up and down. They had a very hot streak, and then they got really cold really quickly. Um, at home, they were amazing, 26-7, and but away 10-10. and Um I mean, they took two out of three against a really good Clemson team. Um, swept Georgia this year. Swept Missouri. Um, took two out of three against a lackluster Mississippi State. Uh, split against at the time number one LSU. Um, and then they they actually won against Paul Skeens. Uh, I think it, it took Paul Skeens to getting out of the game for that to happen. Uh, but you can't. Uh, there is not a lot of people who said they won a game with Paul Skeens on the mound. So, um, and then it kind of not good against Vanderbilt. And then the big series was uh, them against Florida at home. They swept the Gators um, and then they just stumbled. Um, Auburn took two out of three against them. Kentucky swept them. And then Arkansas took two out of three. And then Tennessee took two out of three against them. So uh, I think the Florida series for them was the pinnacle. And then they flustered as they faced some good competition towards the end with Kentucky uh, top five, Arkansas and uh, so-so Tennessee. Um, And then in the SEC tournament, uh, they beat Georgia in the initial round, um, then had to face LSU um, and then they took on a very hot Texas A&M team uh, and bowed out of the SEC tournament. Um, and they've been kind of riddled with their own injuries, too. A lot of guys in and out. Uh, Will Sanders has not looked like the Will Sanders of last year. Um, kind of that guy who's supposed to be their, their ace. Um, he's had, he, he has a leg injury. Uh, Braylon Wemmer, uh, hamstring, and then Cole Messina uh, was on concussion protocol. They should be ready to go. Um, those are the three kind of big guys for uh, South Carolina. They got a lot of guys in and around um, this team. Noah Hall that they finally um, got back, uh, transferred from uh, Southern Miss, I believe. Um, Ethan Petrie, they're fantastic um freshman phenom um it's kind of been uh ethan petrie cole messina and bradley uh braylon wimmer that's kind of led the team um they got dylan brewer uh transferred from clemson he's been okay um and then uh gavin costas uh brother of tristan costas first baseman red sox shout out the red sox um and then their their pitching has been kind of all over the place uh, with Will Sanders kind of being in and out. Uh, Jack Mahoney, um, who I, I think uh, is kind of that starter in in waiting, 
he's been in and out as well. And then Noah Hall has only gotten seven games um, this year. He was supposed to be that that Sunday guy that kind of shut it down, but they went. They've gone to uh, James Hicks, who's been pretty good, and then Eli Jones, who's been been kind of iffy, and then they've kind of thrown some guys as uh, Will Sanders and Noah Hall and Jack Mahoney have been in and out of the rotation. So, um, again, like an NC State team, you don't know what you're going to expect with the South Carolina team. Are you get the South? Are you going to get the South Carolina team that that swept Florida and looks so good? Or are you going to get the South Carolina team that uh, that skidded towards the end of the season? So um, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So well, actually, later this week, I I was just I just got an email from Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show. He has a daily uh, show that he runs that's solely uh, South Carolina athletics, and he's all into baseball. And he is going to join us on the podcast later this week. We're setting up a time for that. So we'll chat with him and we'll get a lot of good insight on South Carolina. So that's pretty awesome. And we'll go from there. But let's talk about this NC State team. As you mentioned, you know, they really injury-wise, which we'll get into a little later as uh, our good friend Foley had a question about injuries heading into the weekend for these opposing teams. Um, so Peyton Green, he's been out for two weeks, but I was listening to one of the NC State's podcasts uh, this weekend, and they were saying that if they would have made it out of the pool play in the ACC tournament, he would have been back. He's an infielder for them. Um, and judging from some comments on Twitter, it seems like some NC State fans are kind of back and forth on him uh, as whether they want him in the lineup or not. But, uh, you know, his replacement in the ACC tournament, he was put into some big spots, especially in that Miami game twice. He had a chance to, you know, come up with a huge at bat one time with some runners in scoring positions, then he just couldn't come through. But that's something you see in baseball where, you know, you don't get a lot of run uh, during the regular season and then you're in the ACC tournament and it's like, hey, go in there and hit an RBI double for us. And it's just not plug and play like that sometime. So for him, I would expect Green to be back. Uh, one thing for, you know, the NC State bullpen, you know, in the past, they've, you know, back whenever they went to the College World Series and then they made it all the way there and then COVID destroyed them. They had a, in that season, they had a team where all throughout the year, their lineup was the exact same the entire year. This season, they're still, you know, you still see a little bit of shuffling around and that's not necessarily something that you want to see in, you know, when the tournament starts, it'll be June. That's something you want to try to figure out earlier in the season. And at the back end of that bullpen that year, they had Evan Justice, who is now, I think he just got caught up to double A. But he was a guy who would, he could come in for one inning and get you an out, or even in their run whenever they beat Arkansas and to go to the College World Series. And then whenever they were in Omaha, he was pitching like three or four innings when they really needed it. But they had a really solid lineup. They knew exactly what they were putting out there. And they knew what their plan was going to the pin. One thing with their bullpen this year is they don't really have that shutdown guy. So they're having to string together some guys out of the bullpen. And whenever your starter, as in Willitson or Logan Whitaker, who is their, they've kind of flopped back and forth as their Friday and Saturday guy, depending on who they're playing throughout the year. 
is sometimes those guys have gone six, seven innings, and sometimes they've gone three or four. And whenever you know this, whenever you have a guy that only goes three or four, you got to string some guys out there that can put together some innings. And that's something that I believe they struggle with. And talking about this Campbell team, we have touched on it multiple times. And people have asked, what is the difference between this Campbell team and previous Campbell teams? And it is the opposite of what the Wolfpack have. And I think that's their bullpen with Campbell and being able to throw out run. You saw on Saturday, which we'll get into in that championship game, he comes in and just shut closes out the game. I, I haven't looked it up. I think it went like six innings or something, but it was ridiculous. And that's something that is really an asset for a baseball team, especially when you get in the postseason play and you're, you know, it's a double elimination format and you might get to Sunday or Monday and you need to run guys out there. When you can have a guy to your bullpen come in and give you those quality innings, that is huge. And that is something that we'll definitely need to keep an eye on against NC State on Friday. What's tricky though is it is obviously the first game of the regional and every team wants to win that first game. So you are going to want to throw who you can to win that first game because you want to be in that winner's bracket against what will most likely be South Carolina and be able to not not be in a position where you have to play the loser of the first day and then you're on the ropes already. Uh, Not to harp on ECU, but you saw that in their conference tournament where they lost early. And then that turned into them having to win three more games or four more games than they even needed to. And that makes a big difference. And you saw that with Campbell over the weekend. They took care of business their first two games. And then all they had to do was put Rund out there to end the game. And he was awesome. Uh, looking back at Rund and that championship game on Saturday, he went five innings, gave up zero runs, just four hits, allowed one walk and one strikeout. And we were talking about after that conference championship that we didn't even have to throw Cummings or Boxrucker. We only, we threw, um, Jackson Roberts once in the first game, I think. So you have a lot of guys that you can go to, but if you have a guy like Aaron Run, who is five and two on the season out of the pen and can come in and win some games for you without having to throw anybody else, that's huge. So that's something that'll be interesting to keep an eye on for NC State. And also just listening to some of their guys talk and, you know, they have a lot of young guys. They have pieced together their roster uh compared to previous years where they have a lot of younger players and they're forced to play some younger players. And so that leads to some mental errors on the base paths, whether that's trying to go first to third when they really shouldn't to, really shouldn't do, or just, you know, kind of making some some mistakes in the field. So that'll be something to keep an eye on NC State. NC State obviously has a pretty good lineup. Uh, you know, they, they're in the ACC. You know, you just don't make the NCAA tournament after playing in the ACC and not have some guys who can hit the ball. Lou, Lou James Groover is a definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He's an impact player. He transferred in last year and just, you know, he's a guy that you want to get out. And then they have some, some other guys that, that we're definitely going to want to take a look at. I'll, I'll pull up their roster, but you know, it's yeah, was, one of those things where you just want to win that first game and, and get off on the right foot and hopefully be playing South Carolina or even better playing central Connecticut on Saturday. But I'll let you go ahead, Dylan. 
Yeah, I was just going to say LaDrange uh, Groover. Um, I, I saw him last year in the uh, ACC Championship Final here in Charlotte um, against the Tar Heels. Um, that team um, was very, very veteran-based, um, and he was kind of the new guy on the scene. And this year he, he had to step up into that to that guy that had to be the, the leader of the team. Um, so and, I, and I'm looking at the stats right now. They have 11 guys who have made 25-plus um, starts. Um, also, 11 guys who have played more than 30-plus uh, 30, 30 games. Um, so it's like you said, um, they're kind of still mixing and matching with their lineup, um, which is n- not what you want to see when you get into a regional time. You want to see that, like what Campbell has um, and probably what South Carolina has, um, when they get everybody back, um, you want that lockdown lineup that you're, you don't, you can write the same names each time and feel comfortable. Um, obviously with Campbell, we hope to have a uh, Drake Pearson, uh, back healthy, healthy as he can be. Um, but, uh, back in the lineup, but I think that would be the only change for coach hair. And then the South Carolina, um, Braylon Wimmer will probably be, and Cole Messina will be the only changes, uh, for them. Um, and NC state hasn't had that this year. They've kind of thrown guys. It, it's kind of been, uh, Lou James, uh, Lou James Groover and Kalen Harrison, uh, who have been those two guys that have stayed in the lineup for each game, but everybody else has been mix and match. Uh, like you said. Yeah. Just first off, uh, NC state on their website, they do not have XML stats, the interactive stats. They just have a PDF. So that immediately just irks my nerves after being an SID previously. Big L, big L. Um, that's, that's just terrible. I don't know their SID now, but that really annoys me. But some other names to watch, looking at their static PDF stats, which is brutal. Kanan Peebles, he's a freshman. He's at a uh, Wilmington, I believe, and he's their leading hitter on the team. And what's interesting is he was a top catcher coming out of out of high school, but they have Jacob Cozart, who's kind of their lock. She went for their catcher position. So Peebles has been in that DH spot all year, and – he was in contention for ACC Freshman of the Year. I believe the kid from Clemson uh, got it. I can't remember his name. But, you know, you have Peebles with a 346 average, um, followed by Gruber, which we mentioned, and then Cozart is in fourth there uh, with a 310 average. And he's really solid behind the plate. Um, and then it kind of tails off a little bit after that. But overall, their team average is uh, 297, uh, which is pretty favorable. And then... Their on-base percentage is 398. So NC State enters the regional uh, with a 35 and 19 overall record. They were 26 and 7 at home, 7 and 11 on the road, which will be interesting to look at. And then they were 13 and 16 in the ACC. One thing that I also noted is that NC State in their conference play this year, you know, you look at those 13 wins. I believe four, three or four of those ACC wins over the course of the series were against the bottom tier teams like Pitt and Florida State and Georgia Tech and then against the other top half of the ACC which you talk about Clemson who was very hot Clemson swept them and ever since they swept NC State they have been trending upwards 
But teams like that, they obviously got swept by UNC. They were really looking to get off that bubble spot. And obviously, they moved their way in throughout the season with that sleepover pit to end the year. But against those top-tier ACC teams, not very good. So that's something to keep an eye on is, and we have joked about it, is they did not challenge themselves in the non-con. Campbell is 40 minutes away from Raleigh, and they did not schedule the Camels. They like to play the likes of a rider or somebody like that where they can just cruise in the non-con. And last year, it hurt them. They missed the tournament by doing that. And this year, they were right on, they were right ahead of the bubble looking at the final uh, metrics that we saw today. So one thing to keep an eye on is how will NC State handle themselves, you know, overall and then against some, you know, higher competition. And, you know, in the past, Lucy Campbell would go to Raleigh and, you know, not even be a contest, uh, especially over recent years. So we'll talk about the Central Connecticut State they're some kind of blue devils. I think that shows how much research we did on them. But, um, Dominic Neiman is their Friday night guy. Uh, he'll obviously probably be on the bump against South Carolina to start the weekend on Friday. He has a 2.76 ERA and has 90 strikeouts on the season. Behind that, they have some guys that are out of the bullpen looking at D1 baseballs, um, preseason reports for their conference. They kind of harped on them and they were chosen to pick that to win that league. Um, but outside of that, you know, you would hope whoever loses the Campbell NC state game would be able to take care of them on Saturday. Um, but you know, if somehow I don't see if this happening, but if central Connecticut state can beat South Carolina on Friday, it's a total game changer for the regional. And like you said, it depends on which South Carolina team shows up on any given day. So we'll see how that how that works out. But talking about Campbell against NC State on Friday, it's almost a lock. You have to throw Cade Keeler in game one, right? Yeah, I mean, you gotta throw Cade. Um, I think we were we were kind of going back and forth uh in the Discord. Uh if you're not in the Discord. Uh, join the discord uh like andrew said at the beginning of the podcast um but yeah we we kind of talked like who would you throw in a situ- situation like this um, i think it was one of your questions this week um and we kind of went back and forth it was like do you throw out chance do you throw out like the two three four guys that like like maybe we can get a win um like do the guys that like Chance and Cam and uh Jake Murray, Hunter Lloyd, uh like Chance and Hunter Lloyd, would you throw those guys and trying to like bank on a win? Or like would you throw a god like Cade and just like slam the door shut and get into the winner's bracket on Saturday? Um uh, and I think we kind of came to the conclusion like you have to throw Cade. Uh, and his his mom even said like yeah I I would throw him if I was the coach which was a uh, funny take by uh, Cade's mom um, but uh, yeah I I think you definitely throw Cade and you just leave no doubt um, we've kind of seen in in previous years past um, we would lose the first game have to go into a losers bracket and like like we did with Mississippi State. 
we're all the way to the regional final and then we have no one else left. Um, and we have to throw a guy that's probably has maybe less than 20 innings pitch all year, but, um, we don't want to do that. This is a different team, a better team. So I think you definitely throw Cade, um, in the first game, shut the door down, um, get to Saturday and put a guy like chance or Hunter Lloyd, um, in that situation where, Hey, go just kind of just go for it. Um, it doesn't matter. We would love to win that game, and I think it would be a very close contest. Um, I think you would get a great pitching matchup. Um, if Will Sanders is ready to go, I believe that Will Sanders would pitch their first game of their regional against Central Connecticut State. Um, you would get a the second guy that they would probably throw would be a Jack Mahoney or Noah Hall. Um, I most likely believe it would be Jack Mahoney. Um, so Hunter Lloyd, Jack Mahoney, please sign me up. Go ahead and take the money I'm going to give you on Saturday because I'm going to be there to see that matchup because um, that's just going to be a good matchup. Jack Mahoney's kind of been their guy that's replaced Will Sanders. And then Hunter Lloyd's been – he's kind of turned in from a midweek starter to that second guy um, for us. He pitched the second game in the – in the tournament and uh, did pretty well, not pretty well. He did really well against USC upstate. Um, so like sign me up for that. And if we get into a situation where we're not in a regional final, we have chance um, going in that third game, or we have Hunter Lloyd going in that third game. So um, I, I think Cade will get the start against NC state. Um don't don't tell NC State. They probably already know they're in. They're getting ready for KQ or, but uh, uh, I think it'll be Cade on Friday. Um, or or Justin Harris that will uh trick up his sleeve and might save Cade against South Carolina. But I think ninety nine point nine percent of me believes that Cade will be on the bump on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've touched on it some, but Hare is big on let's win today. And what you want to do is be in that winner's game on Saturday. And if we follow recent trends for this team, I would bet on Cade on Friday, get a win against the Wolfpack, and then you come back with Lloyd, which is a trend that we've seen recently. And then, you know... Even if you lose that game on Saturday, then you turn around and you have Chance throwing against uh, the loser um, later that day. But, you know, if you win, you beat South Carolina, then you have Chance, you know, on the bump with a chance to, you know, make a statement and go to the Super Regionals on Sunday. And, you know, we've talked about his bullpen is deep. We have a lot of options. Um, to start, then you even have Jake Murray later on. Um, and Cam O'Brien can fill in whether he's out of the pen or making a, that final start if we have to go to, uh, the final game on Sunday or Monday. So definitely Cade on Friday. Then I would bet on Hunter for the Saturday game just because of, of late, he's been great. You know, sometimes he gives up some loud contact, but. But if the loud contact is a fly ball to the outfield, then that's not a big deal. And if you compare that 
with our offense and how potent they can be, which we saw against USC Upstate whenever he started in Game 2 of the Big South Tournament. It doesn't really matter. The thing with Chance is, you know, you look at his ERA, that is an average. He normally gives up around three runs every game. So if you can pair that with our offense, that's good. Then that's no problem. But we've seen some times where that hasn't been the case. But it'll be interesting to see. We will keep an eye on it. I definitely expect to see Cade on Friday against the Wolfpack. He'll either be paired up against Logan Whitaker or Matt Willardson as they've been flipping back and forth a little bit. And then another arm to keep an eye on as we move forward into the tournament, depending on how things play out, would be Sam Highfield, who was in the pen for the Wolfpack earlier in the year. Elliot Avent was testing that out a little bit. And then you saw of late, and then in the ACC tournament against Miami, he he pitched there as the starter. He was on that team whenever they went to the College World Series a few years back, and he was a key piece of that rotation along with Willitson. So it'll be an interesting matchup on Friday, and then hopefully we'll be talking about playing against South Carolina in the winner's bracket on Saturday, and we'll go from there. As we keep alluding to over past podcasts, is all you have to do is win five games to get to Omaha. So if you can win that first game with Cade, you find a way to beat South Carolina in game two, then once again the Camels are back in that position where they're in the regional final and they have to get beat twice to get knocked out. We saw that back in 2019 in Greenville. Campbell didn't necessarily have the arms to do that then. If you win the first two games of this regional with this team, and this pitching staff, and this offensive firepower, I think we're talking about going to Gainesville next weekend. Or maybe not, hopefully somewhere else. But we're talking about playing another weekend of baseball, and then it's just a three-game series where anything can happen. Then you really do throw Cade game one, and you just reset. But that is ahead of us, obviously. Campbell has a big matchup against NC State in the opening round of the Columbia Regional on Friday at 1 p.m. That game is on ACC Network. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts on Campbell in the Columbia Regional and Campbell facing off against the Wolfpack on Friday? Yeah, I I, want to give some respect to Central Connecticut State. Uh, Don't sleep on them. Um, uh, I was kind of looking at their schedule I have to give them respect. Uh, they went to Baton Rouge and played number one LSU. Uh, not a fun time. Uh, unfortunately, they lost twice to LSU. Um, and they played number 20 Connecticut um, in Hartford, Connecticut. So I have to give them uh, respect and shout out to them. Uh, I, I mean, you never know in these in these regionals where things could get really, really interesting. Um, so I have to definitely give them their due um, with Campbell. Um, I think that Campbell-NC State game is going to be fun. Uh, like we've been kind of saying, which NC State team are we going to get? Um, I think it's going to be the one that's on the skid, um, and especially with Cade. Um, as of <laughs> as of late, uh, Cade looked great on Friday. I think it was uh, vintage Cade Kuehler. 
Um, and I think we'll get vintage K Kuehler, uh with a little chip on his shoulder. Um, should be pitching in Fayetteville, North Carolina, but pitching in Columbia. So I think he'll have a little chip on his shoulder, a little umph in that fastball, uh, a little bit of break on that breaking ball. Um, and wanting to prove a point that they are here um, to make some noise. Uh, and I think they will make some noise. Uh, I think they will get past NC State and then – uh, the I, I think it's I think it's going to be a coin toss um, if, if South Carolina um, moves on uh, like they should. Um, Campbell and South Carolina in that winners bracket. I think it's going to be a coin toss. Um, I, I, Lloyd, you kind of alluded to he's going to give up those three runs per game uh, with this South Carolina offense that can get hot or can get cold. Um, you you don't know. I think the the Ethan Petri will be the the guy for them. He's always been that guy for them, even if they're like super duper hot um, or very cold. Ethan Petri's kind of been that stable guy for them. Um, but the team also revolves around a lot of other players. Um, they're gonna have to. Ethan Petri can't carry this whole team. Uh, he. <laughs> He tried at the bottom, uh, the bottom half of the season, um, and we saw that um, they went on a skid. So they're going to need uh, some help from Cole Messina, Bradley Wimmer, uh, Matthew uh, Bartzell, Bradswell, um, and uh, some of their other guys, and they're going to need some pitching help. And their pitching has been on the skid. So we don't know if their pitching is going to be there. Um, so... Who knows? I mean, we're going to hope that we want to get South Carolina and then we get to Sunday and someone's got to beat us twice. Um, if it's South Carolina or NC state, um, and you see in these regionals, that's not a fun time. Um, so who knows? Uh, I think this, it's not a runaway with South Carolina. I, I could go ahead and tell you that. Uh, I think this one's a toss up. And I think when this regional got announced, you kind of looked on Twitter and you saw a lot of Campbell's going to be the dark horse. Campbell's going to make some noise. Campbell's going to get really hot. NC State, NC State fans were kind of backing it, saying that don't count us out. Um, we're going to be there. And then you had the South Carolina fans saying this is our regional. We should be hosting. Let's have a fun time. This team's going to make some noise. And obviously, don't sleep on Central Connecticut State. So uh, it's going to be a fun regional. Uh, I can't wait to get down there on Saturday um, and party with all my Campbell people. Yeah, it should be an awesome environment, that's for sure. Campbell, obviously, within drive, driving distance and Raleigh right up the road, they are as well. So I expect to see a lot of Campbell and NC State fans there, uh, especially for game one. And then whenever they're South Carolina's playing, it's going to be awesome. That is a beautiful ballpark. I remember growing up, you know, South Carolina was at the peak of their uh, baseball program around that time. And, you know, it's just a beautiful ballpark. They've trended down in recent years, but obviously now they are back on the up and up and they are hosting another NCAA regional. One thing that you touched on, Dylan, with Campbell getting ousted from a host spot, you better believe that Coach Hare and the guys are going to be fired up 
heading down to Columbia this weekend. So it should be fun to watch. They're going to be fired up. You have seen what can happen when they have a chip on their shoulder and the bats get hot. CC, UNCW, last midweek game. So it'll be interesting to see. You got to stay poised, come out ready to play against NC State. But I think you'll be able to tell a lot, especially if Kate is on the mound over the first three innings of how it's going to be. With that, we'll move in to Campbell's back-to-back Big South tournament title. Speaking of hot starts and knowing what the outcome of a game is probably going to be, we'll jump the Gardner-Webb game rule. Well, no, we'll start with the Gardner-Webb game where Cade came out, struck out the first batter, and I believe four different people in the Discord all said that it's over. And indeed, it was. Cade Keeler is back. He looks great. And if this is the Cade that we get throughout the rest of the postseason, I do not think that we'll lose our opening series game. He came out, and he struck out the first two batters against Gardner-Webb, I believe. And then he was awesome after that. He finished with nine strikeouts. He could have kept going, but he started out that game on a hot note. And then he just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And we talk about this team and having a chip on your shoulder. And I think Cade had a chip on his shoulder on Thursday against USC or against Gardner-Webb because Gardner-Webb's starting pitcher for that game was named the Big South player pitcher of the year ahead of Cade, mainly because Cade was out uh, for most of the year. Or sorry, I'm glad he wasn't out for most of the year. That would have been terrible. He was out for a couple weeks, but then Cade came back and proved his point. So Cade on Thursday against Gardner Webb, he went seven innings, no runs, two hits, nine strikeouts, no walks, which is a complete opposite of what we saw in his previous start against Upstate where he struggled with some walks. He was still great. He only gave up one run and went up, and that was on a wild pitch. But in this game, he was back to his old self and he took on the big South player pitcher of the year, Bobby Alcock, who in the same game went eight innings, gave up eight hits, five runs, walked four, and did get the seven strikeouts. But Campbell was able to get the best of him. The Big South Pitcher of the Year against who we obviously all would vote for, the Big South Pitcher of the Year, Cade Keeler. He gave up all five runs that uh, Campbell scored. And Cade was awesome. And then Jackson Roberts comes in afterwards. You're up five to nothing. And he just slams the door. And that's just another great option out of the bullpen. Dylan, what did you see? We'll just go game by game. What did you see from that Gardner Webb game to open up the weekend? Uh, screaming vintage kid cooler, please stand up because he stood up and then he sat down the whole Gardner Webb lineup. <laughs> uh, like you said, nine strikeouts. He probably could have went farther. Um, uh, he was probably in Coach Hare's ear saying, I could go farther. Coach Hare was probably saying, let's tone it down, uh, tone it down a bit. You, you got us where we need to. Um, let's put in Jackson Roberts. 
shut down the game. Uh, offense did what they needed to do. Um, they didn't score the 15 runs like we would love to see. Five was enough, and five got the job done. Uh, Jared Belbin doing Jared Belbin type of things for the Campbells, hitting another home run. Um, and the home run's not easy to hit at a high point. Um, and there was some kind of the weather in the area that was coming in. So, um, weather was, uh, wreaking havoc. Um, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, but I mean, I think it was just a vintage KQ or game. Uh, he just looks so good. Um, and I th- like you said, we're all screaming in the discord chat. He is back and he, he was back. Um, I, and I, I want to take the words. He was back. Uh, I think he just took a little break, came back and was vintage KQ. Um, and I think he, uh, I, I think like you said, he had a chip on his shoulder, uh, opposing him was the big South pitcher of the year. Um, so I think he wanted to, uh, to prove, uh, prove a point. Um, and he did, uh, I mean, he shut this Gardner web team down, uh, two players with only one hit. Everybody else had none. Uh, three players with two strikeouts uh, a piece. Um, yeah, and like you said, just mowed down this lineup. Offense just kind of went out, did their thing. Uh, Logan Jordan uh, kicked it off, um, and then Grant Nip got involved, and then Jared Belbin uh, with that monster home run, um, and then the fly out. Um, to put five on the board. Um, yeah, I, I, vintage KQ or vintage Campbell offense move into Friday. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that is good to see from Cade being back and being back to his normal self as his mom was voicing on Twitter, you know, come back stronger. And I think that's exactly what he did. And he had a little bit of chip on his shoulder, and I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder come Friday and this weekend whenever Campbell heads down to Columbia. We'll head into Friday's game where, once again, talk about a strong start and knowing the trajectory of the game. Campbell gave up one run in the first USC Upstate. They were excited, but they did not know that Campbell would follow that up with seven runs of their own. I was there. Uh, in the first inning, uh, Campbell loaded the bases. They got their first run of the game on, guess what, a hit-by-pitch. Justin Harris already smiling over there. Uh, then their second run on a walk. Then Lawson Harrell, Big South Player of the Year, who was awesome all weekend, doubled the center field uh, to drive in two more. Then Dalen Thompson, who was subbing in for Drake Pearson all weekend was able to single. He drove in two more runs. And then Jared Belvin was able to hit a sack fly to right field. And Campbell was able to jump out to a 7-1 to one lead early in that game, which we talk about Lloyd being on the bump. If you can give Lloyd even a 1-2 to two run buffer, totally changes the mindset there for him. He's pitched in a lot of close games this year against ECU where – he kind of held them at bay, and we were able to squeak one out, you know, in that game in Fayetteville. But if you can give a guy a good lead early, especially in the first inning, which our offense is clearly capable of doing, 
that makes a huge difference for our pitchers. And then that also makes a huge difference because then you're able to leave a guy like Lloyd in there a little bit longer because you have that big lead. Lloyd was able to go six innings. He allowed just one run in that first inning on four hits and walked one, and then he struck out four. So, you know, if you can get six innings out of Lloyd and then at that point you're only three pitchers in and you're through 15 innings to baseball, that's pretty good uh, for Campbell. What did you see against USC Upstate on Friday? Uh, I think you forgot to tell the people. Um, two and a half, uh, two and a half hours, two hours um, delay, um, and that could mess with uh, teams that they have a strict schedule of okay, this is when I'm ready to go, and they're doing their warm ups and and what they need to do to get ready for the game, and yeah, they're there's teams still playing on the field. Um, so that can mess with uh, somebody's mindset. And they, they said on the broadcast, like it, it messed with people's mindsets. Cause these players have a, a, a strict ish um, routine that they get ready for these games. And once they're ready to go, it's kind of like they're, they're in that zone to like, I'm ready, let's go. But you can't, and you have to wait two hours later. Um, yeah, Winthrop and, and Gardner Webb um, going absolute uh, crazy fifteen innings um, of the longest, uh, according to you and uh, a, f- a friend that you met, the longest baseball um, that no one wished to see um, and no one wanted to score at all. Uh, thanks to the Winthrop Eagles, uh, they finally ended the game two and a half hours after it should have ended. Um, going to this game, um, like you said, giving someone a, a six run lead, I think that settles down the nerves, uh, Lloyd giving up one and, uh, I, I hate to admit it where we kind of freaked out in the discord trials. Like, Oh no, here we go again. Like they're upstate's going to kind of piece together a run here, run there, kind of run us to death. Um, that was not the case. Um, Lloyd did give up the one run um, and then Campbell responded with uh, death by a million different ways uh, that you could score run. Uh, Like you said, hit by pitch uh, coach hair smiling ear to ear um, with that. And then like a walk double single fly out. Um, So I think it's death by a million ways you can score run. Campbell did that in the first. And I think that settled Lloyd down where he could just be himself. He's not pitching um, with uh, kind of the team on his back. The offense carried that, and he kind of settled down. Uh, yeah, upstate's pitcher, uh, a third of an inning, three hits, seven runs, three walks. Not good at all. Um, and they were missing their starter, their main guy that they probably would have thrown in that um, position. Um, so they were kind of – getting guys kind of scratching, like getting guys ready to go. And we'll talk about um, the next day um, and what they did. But um, yeah. And then they went to uh, another guy, two and two thirds, three runs. Uh, They had another guy, four hits, three runs, two earned. Um, So yeah, it was just offense went nuclear, um, gave Lloyd that comfort that he could just go be himself, and he was himself. Uh, I don't think he pitched too nervously. 
Um, he was able to do his own thing. Um, went off in the first, uh, and then again, went off in the fourth, um, a throwing error, um, trying to get, uh, Maxwell on a steal, um, and then Lawson Harrell being the big soft player of the year and going absolutely nuclear, um, in this tournament. Um, and then Grant Nip, um, just being himself doing great things. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, what do you say? Like, I think there was a little bit of revenge in terms of what they did in the previous week. Uh, I think Campbell wanted to come out, prove a statement, and kind of make last week's uh, a fluke in terms of uh, what they got done to them. Um, they kind of gave it right back to USC Upstate. Yeah, for sure. First off, that Winthrop Gardner Webb game was absolutely terrible. They went four or five innings where no one did anything. Like they would get a runner to second and then they would like ground out twice in a row. It was just terrible. And there was obviously the stands were all full of Campbell fans and we just wanted the game to start, but eventually they were able to, to win. And then Campbell was able to come in and just dominate against USC upstate. And that really shows you that when Campbell has their arms arrested and their bats are hot and they pair those two things together. Uh, there's not a lot of teams that are going to be able to compete with Campbell. And that's the Campbell that we're hoping will show up this weekend and, and will definitely be a great matchup against NC State on Friday. Moving into championship Saturday, Campbell was able to pick up a three to two win over USC upstate, which was able to claim their Second straight Big South tournament title, their fourth out of the last five to go along with their five straight regular season titles. Dylan, Upstate was able to jump out to a two to nothing lead after the fourth inning. It wasn't looking great for Campbell. Campbell was able to answer with one run in the sixth. They loaded the bases once and weren't able to convert. And then in the eighth inning, Lawson Harrell comes up after two, to the upstate pitcher's credit, who was able to go six innings. He was great. We, he, he wasn't even throwing the ball hard, but we were just missing. I mean, we grounded out to third base, I would at least say six or seven times. But anyway, come the eighth inning, Campbell is down two to one. Lawson Harrell comes up. Nukes one to right field, opposite field, to tie the game at two. Then the very next at-bat, Grant Nip comes up and just absolutely ropes one. Line drive over the left field fence. And he came around the bases and came into home with one of the most emphatic plate stomps that I've ever seen. And it was awesome. Campbell took the lead. And then we'll get into run a little bit like we've touched on, but he was able to shut it down in the ninth inning. Campbell able to secure the three to two win and the Big South Tournament Championship. Dylan, what did you see on Saturday in that championship game? Uh, I got to give a shout out to Upstate's pitcher. Um, they had Campbell on the ropes. Uh, he was really good. He's actually their closer. Um, and they, I think they said in the broadcast, like if they gave, if he gave Upstate like, 
maybe two innings, three innings, that would have been great. Nah, he went six innings, 100 pitches, four hits, one run. Uh, I feel bad for the guy. That's a that's a uh, tournament-worthy performance right there. And I think um, we were saying in the chat, like, we, we gave him respect. He, he shut down this Campbell lineup. Um, like you said, we probably hit the ball to third base uh, five, six, so many times we couldn't count it. I think we wrote one, wrote two, three, four, five to the outfield, like some really hard hit balls. Um, but they were just right to the upstate uh, fielders. Um, so we just couldn't get anything going. Um, they jumped out to a 2-0 lead. Um, I think we were all getting nervous because um, we didn't – The this game actually got moved up to a 10.05 start time. Should have been 12 o'clock, uh, but there was – weather in the area that was going to affect that 12 o'clock start time. Um, and I, I think I even reached out to the big South officials uh, to see if this was a winner take all. And they said that Campbell had to be beaten twice. Um, so I, I think we were all sitting there saying, if this goes into a second game, like when is this going to end? Because the weather was coming and it was coming pretty fast. Um so luckily Campbell did not need that second game. Uh, Dalen Thompson, uh, bases loaded walk. And then, uh, Lawson Hill, um, probably, <laughs> uh, that has to go down the top five Campbell baseball history, making home runs right up there with your number four today, Christian Jones. I think Christian Jones had one against Georgia that we probably freaked out over Lawson Hill. I was freaking out cause, uh, that, was uh apu taco if you've ever seen one um and then grant nip um putting the game on his back and and following that up uh with lawson harrell he hit a home run a rope uh to right field over the wall and like you said the stomp heard around the world the stomp that we're trying to make shirts for uh, the stomp that has been memed on Twitter a thousand times. Uh, and I know Vanderbilt has their celebration with the stomp. I think Grant Nip probably uh, better stomped any Vanderbilt player. Uh, sorry to Vanderbilt, but uh, Grant Nip with the emphatic stomp. Um, that was kind of the end of the game. And um, uh, Chance, I mean, Two runs, this was going to be a close game. Uh, I think you, this was right around the game where you thought Upstate and Campbell were going to be close. I don't think Upstate was going to do a performance like they did the previous day. This was going to be a close game. Um, Chance did give up the two runs, but outside of that, he pitched pretty good. Um, four innings for him, four hits, two runs, two earned, three walks, three strikeouts, and then Aaron run. Coming in, and like they said on the broadcast, um, Aaron Run being that middle between like the starting pitchers and setting up for the back half of the bullpen, which uh, I had to disagree because I think he's part of that back half of that bullpen that we could give it to him at the end of the game. He's going to shut down the game. Um, but if we need five innings, 53 pitches, four hits, no runs, like he's going to be that guy along with Ty Cummings. And he shut down the game. Uh, I think we were screaming in the bottom of the ninth, like, hey, put in Ty, hey, put in Ty. 
Jackson Roberts was ready to go if he was needed. Um, but I think Coach Hare made the correct decision to keep an Aaron run, let him finish out uh, this game and collect the championship. Um, and yeah, I, um, Grant Nepp with the uh, tournament MVP. Uh, I think he should share that with uh, Lawson Harrell because uh, Lawson Harrell had a great tournament. Um, but Grant Nepp also had a great tournament. Um, this team performed all around. Um, and it, it was your, it was your kind of the five, six, seven guys that performed like that's dangerous. Like for the first four hitters, there was one hit from five, six, seven, there was five hits between three of them. So, I mean, if you're five, six and seven are performing like that, then that's dangerous. Um, and that's a dangerous team. And uh, they even said on the broadcast, like, it's not normal to see your player of the year be in the six hole. Um, but they took Coach Hare experimented that with uh, sometime this year, putting Lawson Hare on the three hole, um, putting him up in that lineup. He didn't do really well. Coach Hare realized the what he did, put him back in the six hole and said, hey, you're comfortable in the six hole. We'll just keep you there and we'll work around you. And and that's what they did. Um, and it was good to collect the title. Uh, Lawson Harrell having a funny uh, interview on ESPNU. Um, I think it was also funny. Uh, shout out to Kyle Curlander. Um, was uh, when I worked for the Big South as an intern. He was such a nice guy. He'll be retiring um, at the end of the year um, after. 23 years as the big South commissioner. Um, so I want to give a quick shout out to him uh, was such a great boss for me. Um, his final act um, as the big South commissioner, giving the Campbell camels who will be leaving for the CIA, um, the big South trophy. Um, probably not a lot of people find irony in that. I find a whole lot of irony in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just good to, to um to get that uh tournament title kind of locking our place in um to the regional um and uh just kind of one final note uh USC upstate will will be the class of the big south next year um uh coach mark mcguire um such a great coach um and he's got a team that is going to be good next year. Um, expect them in a regional next year. Um, if not, it would be a total shock to me, but uh, glad we have another big South title and glad we were able to leave the big South with another piece of hardware. Yeah, overall, a great weekend for Campbell. They did absolutely everything they could over the weekend to put themselves in that hosting spot, obviously, by winning the Big South Tournament Championship. And then throughout the weekend, they saw some cards fall their way where some other teams lost, and they just kept creeping up the RPI where they finished at 13. They were in that conversation, as we mentioned earlier, to be one of the hosts for the NCAA Tournament. Fell just short, but they will be heading to Columbia, South Carolina for regionals this weekend in the field with South Carolina, NC State, and Central Connecticut State. And Campbell will take on NC State on Friday at 1 p.m. on ACC Network. 
to wrap up as we talk about Campbell and the NCAA tournament, if you look at the field of the NCAA tournament, Campbell finished with an 11-4 and record against teams in the field for the NCAA tournament. Campbell went 2-1 and against Louisiana. They played in the Sunbelt title game. They went 2-0 and against Tulane, who won the American Championship to the surprise of everyone in the United States of America, including Campbell fans who, whenever we played down there, uh, I mean, we tattooed them. And then we were up by like four in the ninth inning, I think. And we bring in Peyton Brown and he was still in 101. And they were at that point, you could tell they were kind of defeated. So Campbell was able to defeat sweep Tulane on the season with a two and a record who won the American. Uh, tournament championship. They were also able to sweep the American regular season champion ECU three games on the season. Campbell was able played Coastal uh, this year. They dropped two out of three to them. Coastal was able to win the Sunbelt regular season championship. And then Campbell obviously played UNCW twice, winning both games, including an absolute route in the final game that they played. UNCW went on to win the CAA regular season title and the tournament title. That will be an interesting matchup as we move towards the CAA and a very close rivalry for the Camels and the Seahawks in all sports as we move to the Colonial Athletic Association. Campbell also played Duke on the year. They're in the field. They're headed to Conway as well for their regional. Campbell dropped both games against Duke, one in Bowie's Creek, a close one, and then one in Durham at the DBAP. And then... The last team in the field that Campbell played on the year was Carolina. They beat UNC uh, the sole time that they met the season. Carolina is heading up to Indiana State to face off against uh, the Sycamores, the Trees, um, in the NCAA tournament along with Iowa, who's up there as well. Dylan, let's go ahead and make our predictions for the week. We are down to baseball and track and field. Those are our final Campbell sports that are still going on. Uh, the track and field team, they are sending some athletes to the NCAA finals. That will take place next weekend. They competed down in Jacksonville this weekend. You can get all of those results at gocamels.com. A lot of, I believe, a school record for finalists heading to the NCAA finals, which is awesome for that program. As we make our predictions for this week, we'll stick to baseball. Big weekend ahead. What's your prediction for the Campbell baseball team? Uh, we can go as a whole, and then we'll do an individual one as well. I think last weekend you predicted Lawson Harold to hit uh, three home runs, and he had one, I believe. So, and I was I had Chandler Riley to hit a home run, and he didn't do it. So, but what are your overall predictions for the weekend, and then your individual prediction for this weekend? Oh, um, so I, I think we will get past NC State. Uh, KQR will pitch a KQR type of performance. Um, I don't think it's going to be no runs. I think NC State will get one run off of him, um, just to, uh, be on the safe side. Uh, Mama Cure, if you're listening, I am so sorry. Please do not crucify me. Uh, I think Cade will still have a type of performance where he'll have nine strikeouts, but he'll give up a run uh, most likely. Uh, but I believe we'll win that game. Uh, I mean, they're 
NC State has not looked like the NC State teams of old, and especially last year going into the ACC tournament final. Um, so I, I I don't think they're that particularly good. Um, I think Campbell team is going to be better. Um, I hope that Drake Pearson uh, makes it back into the lineup. Um, and if he does, uh, I think that just gives more firepower to this team that uh, – shouldn't need more power firepower, but give it to them and they're going to blast off like a rocket. Um, so I think we'll get past NC state. Uh, I think South Carolina will easily get past central Connecticut state. And then we get to the big matchup that everybody will be talking about. Um, I will, uh, hopefully be down there to see this matchup, um, Saturday afternoon. I believe, uh, the schedule kind of gets iffy in terms of, when that game is going to happen, I think it's the middle game of Saturday afternoon. Um, Cause I think the two losers face off um, first, um, I believe. Um, and then the two winners will face off. Um, so uh, I'm going to go out there with a bold statement. I think this game will go to extra innings. I think you'll see Hunter Lloyd on the mound. Um, I think he'll pitch a good game. He'll give up three runs. Uh, I mean, I don't think you're going to shut down this South Carolina team. Um, Ethan Petrius is too good to let that happen. So I think he'll give up at least one to two runs. I think it'll be a very close game. I think we'll get one to two runs off of them, either if it's Noah Hall, who hasn't – he's only pitched seven games this year. So he's still going to be a little rusty or if it's Jack Mahoney, who's only pitched like 14 games this year. Um, I think we'll get to one of those pitchers. Um, I think we'll have the lead early. Um, and then I think South Carolina will come back, tie things up. I think we're going to go to extras. This is going to be a long game. Um, and I'll go ahead and make the bold prediction. I'm going to stand behind my camels. Uh, I think we will win against South Carolina and move into the regional final on Sunday. And I will stand behind them again. I think we will win this regional. Um, I think we will be the surprise of the NCAA regionals. Uh, I think there'll be plenty more surprises um, to come. There's a lot of good regionals. Uh, Lexington, Kentucky being one regional, Virginia, Indiana State, just to name a few. Um I think even the Gainesville regional that will be matched up with, uh, I don't think it's a slam dunk for the Florida Gators. Um, so I think that we will, we will win this regional and we will be matched up with whoever makes it out of the uh, Gainesville regional uh, individual player performance. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with another bold take. I think Drake Pearson comes back. Uh, I think <laughs> And I was trying to figure out, and I think I confirmed it was him wearing the Viking helmet, uh, which says to me that he is coming and ready to play, and he's rearing and rearing to play in this regional. And I think you you talked to him before the Big South tournament, and he he wants to play in this regional, um, and he's gonna play, and I think he'll have at least home one home run in the regional, um, and be the Drake Pearson. That was last year's Big South Player of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody was joking earlier in the Discord that somebody needs to get him in 
Anakin or like a bionic hand or something so he can go out there and bat uh, in the regional. So Dylan has Campbell winning the regional. I'm going to go with, I'm going to be a little bit safer, but still very positive with Campbell making another regional final. I think uh, they'll beat NC State. Uh, whether they beat South Carolina on Saturday or not, uh, we'll see. But I think either way, Campbell still wins uh, that loser's bracket if they don't prevail against South Carolina on Saturday and they're able to make it to yet another regional final. Hopefully that ends up with Campbell advancing to the Super Regionals with the regional. Uh, their regional is matched up with the Gainesville Regional that features Florida along with Florida A&M who I would not bet on winning the that regional, Texas Tech and UConn. So a regional where UConn or Texas Tech could come out of there and win, but uh, most likely you would bet on Florida, who's the number two overall national seed to come out of there. So we will see this weekend. My prediction individually for the weekend, I am going to piggyback on what you did last weekend, and I think – that Lawson Harrell is going to three home runs over the weekend, and he is going to tally 25 on the season. That'll put him at one shy of John Posey's record set in 1985. So keep an eye on Lawson Harrell. If he does hit three home runs this weekend, I might jump through the roof of my place because I will be very excited. But, Obviously, a huge weekend for the Camels as they head down to Columbia, South Carolina for the Columbia Regional in the opening round of the NCAA baseball tournament, starting their road to Omaha. Dylan, for one last thought, will Campbell make it to Omaha this year? Um, I think... If Florida makes it out of their regional, it's going to be very hard. Jack Caglione is uh, the wannabe Shohei Otani. Uh, he pitches really well, and he also hits homers for a living. So that's going to be very hard. Um, their pitching has been very suspect, um, but Jack Caglione has been that guy for them. Um, so it's going to be very, very hard. Um, so I'm going to lean on the fence for that one. Um, and I will leave that as a question mark. Um, if it's not Florida, then I think that gives us a better chance in terms of like, if it's UConn, UConn was in that hosting talk. Um, they probably could have snuck in there and I wouldn't have had an issue with it. Um, they're, they're also a good team could make some noise. Um, um, and then you have Texas tech, uh, big 12, always a good, um conference for baseball uh i think this is the first time in like 10 years that they do not have a regional host um so they're going to be i think the whole conference itself is going to be looking to make some noise and i think texas tech will make some noise um in in that uh regional so i will leave that up for question mark uh it just depends who we see in that super regional uh best out of three um, if it's in Gainesville or somewhere else. Um, but make sure you get your tickets uh, for the South Carolina Regional. I think pre-sale or um, the sale starts uh, Tuesday at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster. Just search uh, South Carolina 
uh, baseball. Um, I will hopefully be there on Saturday. And if we're at a regional final, we'll hopefully be there um, on Sunday. Uh, I'll be wearing all Campbell gear. So if you uh, see me, come say hi. Um, but otherwise, try to make it down there, support the Camels. Um, they're going to want as many fans as possible uh, and make it a potential hosting of the Camels and not South Carolina. So, but yeah, go get your tickets. Ticketmaster uh, presale starts uh, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Search South Carolina baseball. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a fun weekend. You can also, those links for tickets are on gocamels.com. You can find them there. Or like Dylan mentioned, you can just go on Ticketmaster. And as someone joked in the Discord earlier, hopefully Ticketmaster doesn't uh, mess it up like they did for the Taylor Swift concert thing. I uh, told that oof, to my oof, to my fiance oof. earlier, and she got a chuckle about that. Normally, she doesn't uh, care about sports, but when I told her that, she laughed a little bit. So anyway, a big weekend for Campbell. Everyone, enjoy your week on Twitter. South Carolina's fan base is very passionate, I know. NC State's fan base is very passionate, I know. Not sure about Central Connecticut State, but it should be a fun week. Should be a fantastic weekend. And hopefully we are talking to you next Sunday about Campbell heading to the Super Regionals. Like I mentioned earlier, we're going to be joined by Chris Phillips of the the Spurs Up Show. Uh, he has a great South Carolina podcast. We're going to get him on, talk some Campbell baseball, South Carolina baseball, and what to expect in Columbia, South Carolina this weekend. Gear up for the postseason. Gear up for the NCAA regionals. Be sure to go to Orange and Black and subscribe. You can get a free subscription to get access and alerts whenever we post a pod or a new article or you can sign up for a paid subscription and get access to our Discord chat. It is going to be fun this week, and hopefully it'll be really, really fun next Sunday or Monday if Campbell can punch their ticket to a Super Regional. For Dylan Shanklin, I'm Andrew Miller. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Have a fantastic weekend, and go Camels.